All right, today we're going to be looking at your true identity and, um, and discovering that. And I, uh, so I grew up in a small town in Kentucky, a small town. And my dad is, uh, I wouldn't say he's a charismatic guy, but uh, like anybody that's ever met my dad remembers him. Okay. And my dad's name is Nick Horton, which is my name. Okay. And so growing up in a small town, I mean, my, my dad was on the volunteer firefighters, so all the policemen knew him, the firefighters. Uh, he had a bunch of antics when he was in school, so every teacher that I ever had knew of him. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, not necessarily always in the positive, but uh, uh, he had an integrity and honesty, and over and over and over again in my life, I heard, you're Nick Horton's boy. Okay? Hey, aren't you Nick's boy? Which boy are you of Nick's? Okay? Or you're a Horton. And there was, there was this expectation from the family. There was an expectation of my community. It helped me to establish an identity. An identity. I knew who I was. As a matter of fact, there weren't very many people in my small town that didn't know who I was, uh, which can be good, it can be bad, okay, depending on who you are. So, um, so I think a lot of times we mistake who we are, who we were created to be, who God designed us to be, we mistake that with worldly views of who we are. And so I'd like for us to explore that today and to explore more specifically today what is ours because of that identity. What have we inherited because of that identity? So we're going to look at that. Uh, there is something that, that comes with that identity, and we need to look at that next week. And I'll make some references to that when we get there. So... Um, so I, I really think that this lesson and the next lesson, next week's lesson are really paramount to uh, our walk of faith, our trusting in God, just uh, this maturing process that we go through. So at some point I realize who I am, you know. Uh, it, it didn't bother me. It doesn't bother me as a school teacher that the kids call me Mr. Horton. That bothered my dad because he associated Mr. with old. Okay? So he would say, oh, don't call me Mr. Horton. I'm, you know, that's my dad. Okay? Well, okay. I have no problem with that identity because I'm a school teacher and I expect the kids to recognize that I'm older than they are. And I've surrounded myself as a school teacher that way. So, our identity is kind of formed in a number of different ways. And so, uh, so as we look at identity, I'm, I'm, it, it really is. I mean, you see in our culture that people are struggling with their identity. This is not a, this is not a question for us today. People, people struggle. Uh, where, where'd Bonnie go? Bonnie and Jonathan. Yeah. So Bonnie and Jonathan have a son Bonnie's Peruvian, okay. Jonathan is a Mississippian. <laughs> he's, he's Mississippi, okay. And their son is going to struggle some with his identity. Am I 
Am I North American? Am I Peruvian? I speak Spanish and I speak English. This is going to be one of the struggles that he goes through as a child. This is one of the struggles that all of us go through. Okay? My mother took us to church from day one. My dad would go to church on Sunday mornings, stay home and drink beer and eat pretzels and cheese on Sunday nights. Mom's like, oh, Sunday night, we're going to church. Wednesday night, we're going to church. Dad's like, you know, Wild Kingdom's on. I'm going to watch Wild Kingdom and Disney, you know, Wonderful World of Disney or whatever, uh, you know. And so, so I, I've struggled with my identity. You struggle with yours. Everybody around you is struggling with their identity. And so let's look at, let's look at this. So uh, to get us going in this, I'd like for us to just think for a few minutes. And uh, these are a, a bit rhetorical. Just how will God view your sins in judgment? Uh, they're not exactly rhetorical. So uh, I'd like some answers on this, but we won't spend a lot of time on this. So uh, just very quickly. With grace. With grace, covered by the blood of Jesus. Okay. Is that true for everybody? Oh, wait, you mean do we all get it or everyone believes it? Uh, actually, I mean, do we all, does everybody in the world get it? Does everybody in the world get that? No. Okay. Okay. And then, why do you believe it? Why do you believe that your sins are going to be covered on the day of judgment? And why do you believe that everybody in the world doesn't get that? So I've got here, skim Romans 5. So let's flip over to Romans 5. And I just want us to go through a few verses. We're going to, we're going to skim it. So uh, it's worthy of you reading the book of Romans. Martin Luther said, if you have nothing but the book of Romans... To guide you with, you've got the whole truth of God's Word written in the book of Romans. So uh, it's kind of a deep book, but we'll look at Romans 5. And then, um, so uh, look at verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace, which was mentioned, in which we now stand. Okay? By the way, he doesn't say we cowl, we slither, we, you know, he says we stand. That, that sounds to me like, you know, I've got some confidence. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, character, hope. Hope doesn't disappoint us because God's poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Um, Verse 6, you were powerless, but Christ died for the ungodly. That was you, while we were still powerless. Very rarely will anyone die for somebody, but if you're really, really righteous, maybe somebody might die for you. I, I don't have any friends that would die for my righteousness, but anyway. Um, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, We've now been justified by his blood that was mentioned and we have been saved from God's wrath through him and uh, for which we are we were enemies of God and now we've been reconciled to him. Uh, we're reconciled and we'll, we will be saved. 
Uh, he says that we shall be saved. Okay, uh, We've received reconciliation. Uh, verses 12 through the end of the chapter talk about how the Adam, the first man, sinned, became out of God's grace, out of God's mercy because he rejected God. As he rejected God, he became a pattern for all of us who have rejected God and chosen our own selfish ways and to chose the ways of the flesh and said, I don't care what God says. So we became disobedient, just like Adam. And, uh, and he says, uh, in the same way Adam uh, took his nature and put that over to his descendants, Christ becomes our new Adam. Christ becomes our new model, our new genetic code. And so when you are born again, uh, he goes on in chapter 6, when you are born again, you get a new genetic code. Okay? So what we are struggling with, what every one of us is struggling with is we have a new identity. It's just that our old identity is still what people call us. I, I went out with this girl one time and it wasn't a good situation. And, I, and she kept calling me and a friend of mine said, it's real easy. Stop answering the phone. You know, I wanted to be rid of her. And he said, just stop answering the phone. Don't take her calls. Okay, here's our problem with our sinful nature, with our fleshly nature and its desires that war against my spirit, my goal, my God and his will in my life. Those things that war against that, I'm still picking up the stinking phone. I'm still answering saying, this is Nick. Hello. Okay. Why? Because I enjoy talking to her. Okay. Whoever her is. Okay. So uh, is that good for us? No. We know it's not good for us. And so I need to realize that I've got an identity change. I have a real identity change. I mean, I can literally say when, when, when she calls, you know, I can literally say he doesn't live here anymore. That's what I can say in Christ. Okay? He's not here. That's, that's the old fellow. Now, we're going to look at that in a lot of detail next week. So I hope you're here next week. Um, so uh, chapter 5 is just filled with this. Uh, he says down in verse uh 21, well, verse 20, the law was added so that trespass might increase. That is our awareness that we're actually against God's will. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more so that just as sin reigned in death in our earthly bodies, so also grace might be reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, uh, so who died on Calvary? Jesus, see, that's everybody's reaction. But Nick Horton also died on the cross. My sins were up there with him. Your sins were up there with him. Okay? Every one of us died. It's fine with me. I haven't given these instructions to my wife. Cheryl, it's fine with me if you put the day of my death as the day of Jesus' death on my tombstone. 
Okay, I don't even care if I have a tombstone. Okay, but yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's more money. Okay, let's look at some scriptures. Somebody read for us Galatians two nineteen through twenty one. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. I've been crucified with Christ. We want to say Jesus was on that cross, but it wasn't just Jesus on that cross. I gave up those things that were against God's will in my life. I gave those up on Calvary, on a cross. And Jesus, by the way, says, you do this on a daily basis. Every day you take up your cross and you follow him. Every day I have to resist the urge to pick up that phone, to answer that call into unrighteousness. Okay, uh, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he's not setting aside the grace of God, but he's telling us how to live. Don't set aside the grace of God. It's God's grace. Going, going to this cross, okay, should not be something that you're doing to prove your worth to God. It can't be. Jesus has already paid for your sin. Going to the cross is not to pay for your sin. <clears throat> Bearing your cross daily, picking up your cross and following Jesus is not to pay for your sin. Jesus did that once for every one of us that are children of God. Going to the cross means something different. Okay? So, this guy was a, a Chinese Christian back in the very early 1900s. Uh, he says, uh, Watchman Nee is his name. Our sins were dealt with by the blood, but we ourselves, our fleshly nature, were dealt with by the cross. The blood procures our pardon, our forgiveness. The cross procures our deliverance for what we are in Adam. That's who you are in a fleshly nature, okay? The blood can wash away my sins. The blood of Jesus can wash away my sins, but it can't wash away my old man. I need the cross to crucify me, the sinner, okay? So let's look at uh, some of the things that we have. Uh, I wanna, that, that's just to set the stage. We're going to deal with this much in much more detail next week when we look at consecration. That is giving ourselves fully to God. Okay, so we're going to do that. But before we do, I'd like for us to just kind of whet our appetite with some of the things that we receive from God. Because I, I like to, you know, I, I like to have a motivation. If I'm giving something up, I want a motivation. I want to know what I'm getting. Okay? What am I getting out of this? Okay? So you got Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and okay, Donald over here. Okay? So they've just got some kind of a treasure here. God's got tremendous treasure in store for us. And so I'd like for us to explore some of those things this morning. So somebody read Romans 6, 3 through 4. Or don't eat. 
Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of, of the Father, we too may live a new life. So we get a new life. A new life. Okay, you got a Jason Bourne, new identity, new passport, new name. Okay? A new name. We, uh, we've, we've baptized people that said, I, I, I no longer want to be known by that name. I want to be known by this other name. Okay? I've got students at school who basically say, oh, I used to be this person, but I want to be this person. I identify as this person, so I've changed my name legally. Okay? That name change is a big deal. God's got your name written. Your new name written. Okay? Somebody, second whoever was over here, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. We get, we get to be a new creation. We are literally a new person. Okay? Romans 8, 1 through 4. Now there is no condemnation. There's what? No condemnation. no condemnation. Nobody can condemn me. That's what he says right there. Nobody can condemn me. Have I sinned? Yes. Am I going to sin today or tomorrow or the next week? Yes. But nobody can condemn me. Let's hear more about that. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the, through Christ Jesus the law of According to the spirit, not according to the flesh. So, uh, so my principal gets up every year and he gives us uh, all this stuff about, uh, you know, ethics, teacher ethics. You know, you shouldn't lie and cheat and and stuff like that. Uh, you know, don't touch the kids and don't steal the money. Okay, so he gives us some kind of an ethics lecture, and he ends it by saying. Uh, you can't, uh, basically he says, you can't lie on your application uh, it, uh, to become a teacher. And, and, and so he makes reference to the fact that uh, if, we, if we are arrested during the school year, we have to notify them right away, uh, which evidently is something they have problems with, but, uh, which is a different issue, I guess. But, but he tells us all this, and he says, you know, you can't have been arrested. And I raised my hand. I said, well, sir, the contract actually says I can't be convicted. Right? Being arrested is not a crime in the United States. Okay? I can't be convicted. He goes, that's right, that's right. I said, of a felony. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, misdemeanors don't count. Okay. I raise my hand. In the United States, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that's the way the contract reads. If you're going to quote the law to me, quote the law to me, okay? Don't interpret the law for me, okay? But now here's the deal, folks. You know, 
I have uh, the videos going. I guess it'll be online anyway. I have uh, I have taken Bibles. That's the word I'll use into China. Okay, I have taken Bibles into China when it was not legal in China to do so. I believe I'm living by the Spirit of God. There were there were Christians in China. There were un, there were non-Christians in China that desired the Word of God so much, and I took them those Bibles. Okay, across the border, they called us mules. Okay, we just took Bibles across the border, dropped them off, came back across the border. The next day, we went shopping with our bags full of Bibles, and we dropped them off, and we came back. And the next day, we went over and went shopping. Okay, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's you know, I had a, we had a missionary that was dying of cancer in Honduras. You know, I may be the only elder in the Church of Christ that ever smuggled narcotics into Central America. Into, uh, I don't know that, but uh, there are probably some others that have done so illegally. I did so legally. I guess you can smuggle legally. I did so unofficially anyway. Um, I, I had documentation and stuff like that, but we kept it quiet because we didn't want those things, you know, we didn't want some drug person to rob me of those drugs that we had that were pain relievers for this missionary that we had that was dying of cancer. Okay, we want to be able to deliver those. So, um, so I just say that this is my identity. If they throw me in in jail in China because I'm taking the word of God to people, that's who I am. Okay, if if I get some physical ailment because I go and give relief effort for Hurricane Mitch and I drink contaminated water or I get bit by an insect and I have a disease, that's who I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. And it changes everything I do and the way I look at it. So, you know, when I was in ROTC, uh, they, they asked me, you know, they, they gave me some kind of a scenario one time in a class situation and they said, oh, so-and-so, uh, they had done such and such and what are you going to do about it as the, as the officer? And I said, I'm going to write him a commendation. They said, but he disobeyed orders. He disobeyed orders for the right reason, but he disobeyed orders. It turned out great, but he disobeyed orders. And they said, now your commander says you have to write him a condemnation. You got to write him up for this instead of and court martial him for this instead of giving him, instead of complimenting him and i said i can't do that that's against my conscience and he says if you don't do that then you'll get a dishonorable discharge and i said well i'll get a dishonorable discharge and he said you know that you'll never be able to get any job teaching because that's illegal if you've got a dishonorable discharge okay now, here's the question. What do I do about that ethically? Do I go ahead and do what I think is the wrong thing, or do I do what I think is the right thing? Okay? To me, the reaction should be who my character is. Actually, the reaction is who my character is, period. Okay? That's, it's because of our identity. It's because I've seen my father drive through snow drifts to take food to people that were locked into their house in the wintertime that I 
have this reaction of when Hurricane Mitch hit and, uh, and we have some, a children's home that we helped support in Honduras, you know, that I secured tickets right away. I did not wait for permission. I didn't, it was still classified as a tropical, a major tropical storm when we flew in. My brother and uh, two other people and I, we flew in while everybody else is flying out of Central America. Okay? That's because of who I am. That's because of my identity. Okay? You don't form your identity in a moment. Your identity is formed over a lifetime of practice. Okay. We live according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Okay. Second Timothy 2.10. I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Excellent. Okay. We get salvation. This is one of the things we get. Okay. So, uh, so, I'd like for us to look at Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3. And uh, as I typically do, I'm going to split us up into some groups so that we can, uh, I, I need bullet comments on this so that we have uh, just a few words, not a sentence. Don't make, you know, don't give me. 12 sentences, give me a, a list of 12 things or whatever it is, however many there are. So uh, of what you've been given, what we've been given, this is a letter technically to the church in Ephesians, so, uh, so it's really what we've been given together uh, in Christ. And so um, to do that and then for your table or group to just uh, pick out a verse that, that you think is really impressive and you'd like to share with the rest of the class. So I'm going to say these, this group right here, y'all are chapter one. Okay? From here over to here, y'all are chapter two. Okay? And from here over, chapter three. Okay? Your job is to read chapter one, chapter two, or chapter three at your table and just start to make out a list and we're just going to brainstorm afterwards we're going to brainstorm and you're just going to pop out several different list items of things you've been given in Christ. Okay? Go. Alright, we won't get everything but let's go ahead and get some. Okay? Chapter 1, what we got? What? Uh, yeah, yeah, read verse 11 for us. And we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of the works out of everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who are the first to put our hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. Right. That's pretty awesome. Well, we might be for the praise of his glory. Okay? Okay? So uh, give us some list items here. Chapter 1, folks. Adoption slash family. Adopt. Family. Every spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessings. Somebody else. Redemption. What was that? Redemption. Redemption. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness. If you haven't been to second service, don't miss it. <laughs> Wisdom and insight. Wisdom, insight. What else? Fulfillment. 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 The Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit. Inheritance. Inheritance. Awesome. Chapter 2, folks. What we got? Grace. Grace. Life. Life. Mercy. Mercy. Reconciliation. Ooh, yeah. What? Peace. Peace. Oh, I love that one. Pe peace. <laughs> peace, folks. Peace. How many, don't you know a bunch of people that are anxious? Don't you know a bunch of people that are worried? Don't you know a bunch of people that are, are, are just like, oh, the end of the world is here. Watch the news. Listen to them. They can't deliver a weather report without being dramatic. Okay. Yeah, you got to be upset because we're going to get a huge snowstorm, wintry blast, and we get like 12 snowflakes in Rutherford County. Please, everybody goes out and swarms and buys milk and bread, and you're just like, really? Really? How bad do you think this snowstorm's going to be? Blizzard of 98, you know, whatever. Okay, so yeah, peace. Specifically, we have peace with God. Remember Romans 5, by the way. We have peace with God. That creates peace between me and Cheryl. That creates peace between me and my children. That creates peace between siblings that didn't exist. I can show you the six-inch scar here. I can show you the six-inch scar here. Or tell you about the pole that was thrown through this ear. Or the flaming stick that went into the, this eye. Okay? Or the broken glass that went into this eye. I can tell you that sibling rivalry is a real thing. It's a real thing. But you know what? We have peace. We have peace. We have peace together now. This is awesome. This is what we have in Christ. Keep going. Chapter 2. We're given a seat, like a new seat by him. A seat? Yes. By him. Nice. Those of us that have flown know it's a real blessing to have a seat. Yes. Yeah. Those of us that have been put on standby, we're just like, Whoa, what? Okay. Comfort. Comfort. Okay. Chapter 3, what we got? An invitation. Invitation. Chapter 3. Revelation of the mysteries. Revelation. Revelation. Okay. Of the mysteries. This is why people come to me all the time at school, at work. Well, at school and work are the same for me. At school, when I'm out in the yard. People come to me all the time. They're going like, can you explain this to me? How, do you, how, how does God think about this? Okay, It's because they don't understand the mystery of Christ. They don't understand who God really is. And they're wanting to know. Let's keep going. Okay, we'll deal with that. What else? Knowledge. What's that? Knowledge. Knowledge. Chapter 3. Boldness in faith. Specifically, boldness in our faith. Okay. Purpose. Purpose. My goodness. That's what I've been wanting. 
a purpose in life. I don't want to just be some hamster in a running a wheel. You know? I want to have purpose to my running. Okay? We even call it a rat race. Okay? We want this purpose. Anything else, chapter 3? Unmeasurable love. Unmeasurable love. Love. Love, love, love. Okay? Awesome. We, I'm sorry we don't have time for the, the, those verses, but let's go ahead and... Uh, well, actually, while this is redoing uh, chapter 2, what was your verse? Somebody in chapter 2. Uh, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Yeah. That's just, I mean, I just see God just reaching down into a Mari pit, okay? I remember one time when I was, oh, man, I was like six years old. And my mother said, don't play in that, don't play in that duck pond, okay, to four boys, <laughs> to four boys, okay? So we start playing near the duck pond. <laughs> then we start kind of getting our feet in the duck pond. And then before long, I just remember my brother pulling on me, and it, and I'm so deep in duck muck. I mean, this is nasty stuff, right? I'm so deep in... He pulls on me and my shoe comes off. My shoe comes off. It's like three feet down in duck muck, right? That's God reached down and he pulls us out of that, washes us off and seats us with him in the heavenly realms. That's what he's done for me. Yeah, I got boldness. Yeah, I've experienced his love. Chapter 3, what a verse we got out of that. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 He's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Okay, so I want to hit uh, this verse 3, Ephesians 1, 3. I'm going to get it from several different versions. I just want you to see the variety of the way that this is translated for us. Because he says, King James Version, I won't list all the versions, but blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You have all spiritual blessings. Verse, uh, the same verse. Okay. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that comes from heaven. Okay, uh, This is uh, verses uh, 3 through 5. Uh, Praise be to God for giving us through Christ every possible spiritual benefit as citizens of heaven. For consider what he has done. Before the foundation of the world he chose us to become in Christ his holy and blameless children living within his constant care. He planned his in his purpose of love that we should be, uh, in him we should be adopted as his own children through Jesus, Christ Jesus. Uh, that we might be to the praise that glorious generosity of his uh, which has over which has welcomed us in the everlasting love he bears towards his son okay the CV says praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ for the blessing spiritual blessings that Christ has brought us from heaven 
1599 Geneva Bible says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing and heavenly things in Christ. God's Word translation says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Christ, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that heaven has to offer. Don't each of these leave a little bit different message for you? I mean, they do for me, okay? Ephesians, uh, the message says, How blessed is God, and what a blessing He is. He's the Father of our Master Jesus Christ and takes us to the high places of blessing in Him. Long before He laid down earth's foundations, He had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of His love, to be made whole and holy by His love. Long, long ago, He decided to adopt us into His family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure He took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of His lavish gift-giving by the hand of His beloved Son. Wow! How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven because we belong to Christ, belong to Christ. We long for belonging. Through Christ, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that heaven has to offer. In Christ, God has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. Those blessings come from the heavenly world. They belong to us because we belong to Christ. Okay. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. He's already given us a taste of what heaven is like. He has blessed us with all manner of spiritual blessings in heavenly things by Christ. Okay. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a gift of love, as a loved gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. That, this is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. He has blessed us in Christ with every blessing which is in heaven such as the Spirit gives us. Wow! A lot of different translations, but you know, it doesn't take long for me when I get when I when I pick a verse like this, it doesn't take long for me to realize God really thinks you're special. And I ought to treat you as such, as my brother or sister. As a matter of fact, when I think poorly of myself, I'm thinking poorly of the person he's speaking of right here. My low self-esteem, I don't have much. Okay? But my low self-esteem, when I'm really down on myself and I say, Oh, Nick, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, Nick, you've done that again. Oh, Nick, you're such a sinner. You're the chiefest of sinners. When I get really down on myself, I have to realize, this is the guy that he's talking about right here. God has lavished his love, has given everything in heaven to you and to me. Next week, we'll see that this demands a consecration. We've got to be on that cross with Jesus to really claim these things or else my old self is going to steal them away. God's giving me those things as I identify with him as his child. He has given me those things. Didn't just promise them. It says he has given them to me. They're mine. 
They're mine for the taking, mine for the claiming. But I will throw them away like Esau threw his birthright away if I'm not dying to self. If I'm living for self, I'm throwing all that away every day. So Jesus says every day, I need this consecration. We'll be looking at that and unpacking it next week. May God bless each of you.